Ben Madlock, Stig Stencher. All right. For a long haul to get this together. Yeah, how you doing? Sorry, doing the reception was So where are you in Austin, is it? You're... Yeah, yeah, Austin, Texas. Austin, How's the South by Southwest thing been going? You been going tonight? Uh, did did go to a whole lot of it. Uh, my friend Cheetah Chrome play a guy you probably know. He just got through. Yeah, that's Cheetah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. And oh. he uh he 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 also was in a band with uh, Sil Sylvain not long ago. The bat- that's right. Yeah, the 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 Petuches uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Now you're doing uh, you're on the road with Sil Sylvain yourself, and your guys are. It's known as the Sex Doll Tour. And how's that coming along? It's been going pretty good, actually. We're about halfway through it now. We're playing here in Detroit tonight. So we're going to Cleveland the day after tomorrow, Chicago. Yeah, we've got about another 10, 11 shows to do. It's been going good. It's just awesome. fun kind of thing. You know, it's like Syl does an acoustic set, I do an acoustic set, and we do some numbers together at the end. And it's kind of, it runs the whole um, sort of panoply of sort of well, the glam and punk rock and, you know, our influences and stuff. It's a fun night, you know. Well, I've been trying to catch some of your stuff that uh, people are posting on YouTube of some of the stuff you're doing. It looks like a lot of fun. It really does. And it looks like you yeah. guys are just having just a, you know, just letting it all hang out, doing songs that you probably enjoy doing uh, and hearing them a little different, you know, on acoustic guitar, which is always a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. You know, people don't quite know what to expect and they get it. <laughs> you know, so it's an adventure. But I like that because... Well, you, you, most of the songs that we play, you know, they all started out life on an acoustic guitar, so it's kind of back to a real basic kind of way of going about it. But the people seem to like it, so it's kind of fresh and minty. Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a music appreciator. I don't really like call. I don't like being referred to as a media guy or any of that crap, you know, because I'm, you know, when it comes down to it, Glenn, I'm still that kid that first heard the Sex Pistols on eight track tape. Back in the right. 70s and reading, you know, we didn't have internet in those days. We had Punk Magazine and Cream Magazine and, you know, I'd have pen pals that would send me New Music Express and that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, yeah, and, and first, yeah, yeah, back when music, when you had to really dig for it, you had to really work to, uh, you had to, you know, you couldn't just point and click. You had to go right. dig for it. You had to search for it, like like a buried treasure almost, you know? Yeah, physically, that's the other. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot in that. But, and, you know, you, you, there's, there's kind of, it's the same but different now. I mean, it's easier people can sit at home things, but also for people like us, you know, uh, uh, still outside the mainstream of music, you know, you can put one or two things up on the internet and let people know that you're playing. So it's a double-edged thing. Yes, people can just follow things and make like armchair punk rockers or or you can let loads of people know and people still come out and see us. So you know, most things are up is an upside and a downside to it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, though, like when, uh, you know, I, I don't really, and that that was the whole appeal, like when the Pistols and the Damned and the Clash and the Ramones, all that came out, was that it was very tangible. It was very uh, intimate, almost. It wasn't like, and I loved Kiss and Alice Cooper and all that, don't get me wrong, but they were so, they, they seemed like they were a million feet tall and you could not touch them. And you guys well, were because those, because those bands quickly became sort of stadium acts, you know, and then by the very nature of that, they're kind of remote from the audience, you know. Um, but 
Yeah. And I did the thing with the pistols thing. I mean, I think the first time around, the biggest gig we probably did was about five or 600 people. Yeah. And that wasn't very often. You know, so it was an intimate experience. Well, now, I... we've, done big, we've done bigger shows since then, and so as with the dolls and stuff, and I get unlucky that I can get to do different things. You know, I'm always a phone call away from getting a decent offer. I was playing with a... With a the faces for a while, and the biggest show we did with them was about 50,000 people in Japan. That was cool, but I also did doing a smaller audience thing as well. So it's a bit of a, a roller coaster what we do, but you do some big stuff and some small stuff, and it kind of evens out somehow. And I think the thing is, that if you get too precious about it, then in just waits uh, at home waiting for the phone to ring, you can be disappointed. You know, you've got to turn it down connect with people. But the buzz right. for me, and I think for Silvain as well, you know, when you've written a song, be it 30 years ago, three years ago, or three weeks ago, and there's somebody in the front row kind of digging what you invented pretty much out of your mind, and they identify with it, and you see the look on their face, and they're singing along, and they're appreciating what you're talking about, it's a buzz. And you don't get that in a big show, because... You know, you've got a, a, a big pit between you and the audience, and, and you just don't get that intimacy. So I think we both kind of try that somehow. Well, I, I, I want to talk about uh, what you're doing right now, but one of my favorite songs you've done in recent years, and kind of fast forward a little bit, um, one of the songs you did recently in recent years that really jumped out at me when I first heard it was Born Running, a, a song you okay. did with the Philistines. And um, it's still, uh, you, you've got, you know, we've all gotten older and matured and all that, but that same, that same passion, that same, uh, I, I don't know, that, that you, you just don't give a fuck about the corporate media and corporate music. You just write what comes from the gut. Well, I mean, I do give a fuck, but the thing is, any success I've ever had, I've had by just doing what I want to do, but with, you know, any other band or even with a pistol. You know, if we followed what was going on in London at the time, we would have been a soft rock, jazz rock band. You know, that's, <laughs> you, know you only get somewhere by sticking out like a sore thumb. And, you know, I'm, I'm not top of the pops or anything, I kind of get by okay, you know, pretty well sometimes, um, but it's on my terms, you know, so I either like it or lump it, and I'm going to do what I do anyway, so well, that, that, I think people appreciate that, because there's an honesty involved in that, and people can tell what's real and what's false. Absolutely. You know, and I like to think with both of myself and the Sylvain, that, you know, they know we're heartfelt musicians, it's, there's an honesty there, and people know that we're the real deal. You know, it's cool. well, it, I, I'm glad you like that song, Born Running. Because, I really do. You know, to me, it's a very simple song. I, I think my whole task in life is to write things as simply and as clearly and as simply as possibly musically. But, you know, the words are what changes. I mean, if I make another album, which I might do soon, I was kind of half jokingly thinking they're calling it SOS. Now, you've got to ask me what SOS stands for. Well, uh, the, the, you know, uh, uh, you've got to ask me what does SOS stand for. What's that? You got to ask me what SOS stands for. What does XOS stand for? SOS stands for same old shit, right? <laughs> so, so you know, I'm never really going to change that much musically. But what, what does change is the, is the lyrics, you know. And I try and not write music for the kids. I try and uh, lyrics for the kids. I try and write lyrics for for people who kind of are the same age group with me, who's kind of grown up with me and shared similar life experiences. And that song, um, 
ball running. It, it's kind of about a passage of time, really. And I wrote it when Steve knew from the Rich Kids um, was on the verge of passing away. Um, he was a very brave guy, and he's coming down with cancer, and he didn't survive it. But he really mm. battled, and you know, but he really forced himself to achieve certain goals. And it's not a miserable song. It's try, it's like a celebration of that, you know. And when you're in your mid fifties, late fifties. Which I'm getting to be. Lots of people are, you know, they all know people in similar situations. So that's kind of why I write that song. So I kind of hope you dig it for that reason. You know, but I'm not a maudlin kind of guy. I'm just kind of looking to what happens next. You know. Right. Right. Well, that, that song, like I said, that song really jumped out at me, and and, and I guess that when it came out. Uh, something with you know I don't want to go in really go into gory details. Something I was going through at that point in time in my life, and it just really uh, it kind of jumped out at me. And um, you know I took it for what it what, what it was about. You know it's like you know you're born right. running, you, you just got to keep going. You know you, there's yeah. no yeah, you know pissing and moaning. They're also born running out of time, so as soon as you're born, you know the clock starts ticking, and it's going to run out one day. And that's kind of that was the sentiment. For it. You know, people said it's a bit like Bruce Springsteen kind of song. It's not really. It's a totally different sentiment. But, yeah, oh, of course. Just, just, just recheck the lyrics and you'll see where I'm coming from. You know? Of course. Yeah. Well, so so you and Sylvain, uh, you got what what uh, I mean, you guys have obviously known each other off and on over the years. Uh, how did this tour come about? Are you guys planning? Are you guys planning doing a, maybe doing a record like what he and Cheetah did? I don't, I don't know. We're, we're just trying to see what comes up. We did this tour last year, and we got asked back to do some dates again. There's more dates, and the money went up a little bit, and the crowds have been a little bit bigger, and it's a fun thing. Um, let's see what happens. You know. I like to say yes to things these days, and because um, I've got a mate of mine who's in the fashion business, this guy Keen and Duff do these things a little bit, you know, what have you been up to? And he said, oh, I do this, that, and that, and we joke, you know, because it's, it's like Newton's laws of motion, you know, a body at rest stays at rest, and a body in motion stays in motion, so, you know, if you do things, then it, you meet people, and you get around, and things come up, but if you're sitting at home, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Right. You know, so I think both me and Sir are kind of subscribing to that, you know. And we've been offered more shows as we go along. We've just been offered a show in New Orleans and another one in New York somewhere. So when people see that you're on the road, they go, oh, come and play, yeah, you know. So. Hey, it'd be really fun to have you come to, I mean, Austin would really dig something like this. Well, I'd like to do that, but I, I would kind of like, I've never been to Austin, actually, and I, I should go, really, because a big mate of mine, Ian Dragon, lives there. Um... But I kind of like to go there maybe when not everybody else is there, if you say that. Oh, oh God. Glenn, you would have lost your mind this week, man. You would have really. I, I was I was talking to Keith Morris, who I don't know if you know. He he was in the the original singer for Black Flag. He's got a band now called Off with a few other guys, and he was in the Circle yeah. Jerks out of L.A. and all that. And he's like, you know, he's obviously he's in his fifties now, and he's like, man, it, it's miserable. I mean, it's just yeah. like. You know, nowhere to get food, nowhere to go relieve yourself, you know, if you got to go take a piss, you know, you got, it's just, it's miserable. It's not even fun, you know. I I really didn't, you know, back when I was in my 20s and South by Southwest was going on here, it was a lot of fun because there wasn't like, um, uh, you know, all these major corporations involved, you know. Uh, well. Always, that's the way of the world, isn't it? You know, yeah, most yeah. the big guys get involved, and then they spoil it for everybody. So, 
Well, we, we would like to uh, – let me – I'll get with you later on that but because uh, I know a lot of venues here, and I know some places would really love to have you in Sylph. I know he's um, – I know he's been here with Cheetah before. Uh, they played a couple places here in Austin. And, uh, you know, and I know you'd be very well received here. And uh, the, the audience that for my radio show really enjoys Born Running, for example, is, well, your older stuff as well, you know, obviously. But, you know, your newer stuff. And I, what I'd like to talk to you about now is actually is something that caught my eye. And, I'd, man, I'd love to hear you do this, is the international swingers that you do with Clem Burke and James Stevenson and Gary Twin and all that. Right. Are, you, are you still doing that or? Well, it's a kind of on-off project. I mean, the last thing we did, I was in January, I was over um, in Los Angeles, and we cut a couple of tracks at the Foo Fighters studio. Um, you know that movie, Sound City? We actually used the desk in the movie, and it sounded great, actually, but kind of Gary's in the driving seat. Gary Twin is the singer's in the driving seat on that one. And, you know, the, the problem with the bands like that is, like, everybody has their own thing going on, and the timing doesn't necessarily coincide. I mean, Clem's gigging with Blondie now, and then James is doing some stuff with the cult, and I'm doing this, and I've got some other things to do coming up, so it's hard to be on the same page all the time, you know? You know, as, 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 get, a, you as know, a fan... It's a fun thing, you know, yeah. As a as a fan of yours, uh, Glenn, I, I would love to hear you do something similar again, like what you were doing, like with Rich Kids and and the Philistines, and where you're kind of doing the singing and doing your, you, you know, I, I always get a, I always enjoy hearing you do that, you know. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you appreciate it. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to. I remember um, I heard you with the. I've got some rich kids here somewhere. I know I'm in, in the midst of my abyss of music collection here. And uh, yeah, I do actually. I have the seven inch, actually, come to think of it. And, um, you, you know, and, and I remember hearing you do your version when you were with the rich kids doing Pretty Vacant. And then I heard yeah. you in a documentary. Uh, I can't remember what you were talking about. Oh, I'm the not Movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but I heard it was later on because you know John and Steve were in it obviously, and 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 um, uh, 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 you, you know you guys were talking about recording Never Mind the Bullocks, and you were playing the acoustic guitar, and you were going into how you you wrote Pretty Vacant, and I have heard uh, some of the some of the other people I talk to that do radio shows and other people that write articles and stuff like that. I try to hear their perspectives and they've always referred to you uh, I've heard you regarded and I wanted to see what, how you feel about this you've always been regarded as the Paul McCartney of the Sex Pistols you were kind of the you know the songwriter um, you know maybe I don't know if it's a good thing or not I'm not the biggest Beatles fan I've been made out to be but yeah I had a good hand in writing a lot of those songs particularly the first three singles they're not all my songs you know, like Anarchy, though, is one of my set of cool changes and riffs and, and tune and God Save the Queen, the same, with both of those with John Lyric, John's Lyric, but Teddy Vacant is my song, I wrote the lyrics for that one as well, so you can decide what you want to from that one, you know. But, I mean, I did it, I know what I did, I get paid for a certain amount of it, and that's the way it is, you know. Well, you know, uh, Glenn, what what I'd like to ask you is that if if I said, Glenn, man, I've got this, I got this big block of recording time, and you can pick whoever you want to have 
record with you, you know, uh, musician-wise. Uh, they're living, whether they're living, whether they're dead, whatever, uh, some of your personal favorite, whatever. Uh, who would that be? And what, what, what would you like to do? What would be your... Well, you know, I'd love to do something with Bowie, but whether he'd want to do something with me, I don't know. I'd also like to do something with an English guy called Tommy Steele when he was a rock and roller. And there was a fantastic English songwriter that you might have heard of called Anthony Newley. I love his stuff. Yeah. And it's all kind of very divorced from rock and roll, but that's kind of, you know, this is songwriter stance. I'd, I'd actually like to do something with Ray Davies as well from the Kinks. He's like one of my all-time great kind of guys. I met him a couple of times, but never actually worked with him. Um, they're all kind of older guys, you know, but um, that's kind of cool. Well, really, somebody, but then there's all the fantastic rock and rollers, you know. It's for Little Richard would have been cool to do something with. Quite what I don't know, you know. Well, one of my uh, one of my all time favorite guitar players just played South by Southwest, and uh, somebody asked me because I'm a harmonica player, and one of my favorite uh, one of my dream gigs is to play harmonica with Johnny Winter. I've always wanted to play harmonica. Oh, okay, with, cool. Yeah, cool. so that's what made me think of that question, you know, because I, I think everybody had because at the end of the day, we're all we we started out as those kids who really, you know, we heard that certain band or record and we were like, oh my God, this is, this is what I want to do. There's no turning back, you know, and uh, was there, was there a specific art? Did you happen to sit at your mom's house one day and you saw whoever on TV or did you hear a song? Yeah, on the yeah radio? that's not straightforward. I mean, the band that I dug most was the Small Faces. We had this most fantastic TV program in the world ever. It was called Ready, Steady, Go. And, um, like all the kind of mod bands played on there, like the Kinks, the Who, the Small Faces, the Stones, even the Beatles were on it. But then they also had, because of a girl called Dusty Springfield, who came to America and got hit right. all the Motown stuff. We had Smokey Robinson and, um, you know, all those great soul singers on it and the Temptations playing live. In, in, and I saw all that when I was kind of 10, 11 years old. It was fantastic. Glenn, so that, you... That, you... That, that was the golden age of it. But out of all those bands, the one I identified most with was the Small Faces. And the thing is, is that I've, I'm lucky enough to be matey with those guys and be playing with them recently, so I feel quite privileged wow. about it. Wow. What was that like? Yeah, it was great. Wow. It was great, you know. I bet that was But, awesome. you know, that's Ian McLagan who lives in Austin. You know, ask him. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, Ian McLagan. Yeah, that's right. He lives right here in Austin. Yeah. He sure does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he sure does. And and uh but you know, you I, I have to say, you know, Britain and I lived in London for in the nineties for quite some in fact, uh I was at Finsbury Park when you oh. and the uh you know, uh Steve, Paul and John reformed and played your first gig and I think at the time twenty years. Yeah, I think at the time that. it was twenty years because I remember John saying fat forty and back and you know, that was awesome. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. The buzzcocks were great, you know. It was just, man, it was an amazing. Anyway, well, listen. So, what is your? What is your? Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I can't be on too long because I'm, I've got to go to a show kind of pretty soon. Sure, right? so, absolutely. And I just yeah. wanted to. I just. Uh, I wanted to tell you thank you. I know you're real busy, man, and thank you so much for giving us some of your time, man. This is a thrill and an honor, and uh, I'd love to have you back on anytime you want, if whenever yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. well, well, we can do that in the future. You know, next time I come back, we'll get in touch. Just look out my conduct on Facebook, and 
Sure. I was a bit more noticed next time we can do something. But yeah, I'm glad you like Born Running Record. I think soonish I've got enough songs for a new album, so I'm going to start working on on a new record over the next few months. Um, awesome. Quite who's going to be involved in it, I'm not sure yet. I think maybe I might do something with Slim Jim, but we'll see. Well, right so, before you know, before we before we tell you goodbye, I just want to ask if you'll just say your name, what band do, or whoever, whatever you want to say, and you're listening to StenchRadio.com. Okay, StenchRadio, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, this is come out. I've been around a little bit. Basically, I'm from London, but if you don't know me by now, you never will. But you're listening to StenchRadio.com. Thank you so much, Glenn. Have an awesome day, man. We'll see you later. All right, thanks for your time. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye.